right, guys. So if you like the show and you've enjoyed it so far, uh, go ahead and tell a friend because that helps more than anything. Like, And I think I'm just going to start saying that at the beginning of the episode because tell a fucking friend. That's how we get out here. This is Horror Soup, and China is East. Wait, wait, wait. Back it up. Hold. That's... That's the wrong intro. Let's do that again. I'm I'm keeping all of this. Wrong. Yeah. Here's a real here's a real one. Sorry guys. No one knows how often I do this. <laughs> ah shit. Well, botch those intros. It's a botched intro, man. It's botched. <laughs> Throw it in the fucking trash, man. But I'm keeping all of it. That's what you guys get, so you don't pay for. This is a free podcast. Oh, <laughs> True Crime Thursdays. We are back with another episode. It's been a long time. It really hasn't. I put... Well, it's been a week. Oh, wait. Well, yeah, it's been a week. Wow. <laughs> it's been a whole week, guys. It feels like a month, though, I must admit. Crazy. It feels like it's been a month since since you did a true crime anyways it's literally been a month since i've done one yeah i I forgot what crime was i thought we were living in a happy world and then i went back into it and i was like oh wait no it's still very bad i want to add in um i am looking for somebody to do my true crime next week on so if anybody has any recommendations that they want to hear or that they're super interested in uh, hit my line. You can either hit up Horror Soup or Baked Potato at Instagram on Instagram. Wow, guys, maybe you should uh, hop on that because I would never give you that opportunity. <laughs> I'm doing whatever I want for true crime strictly, and I'm never giving you guys the choice. It's because like <laughs> I'm having troubles. Like I'm like looking all this shit up, and all these dudes are super interesting, and I'm just like, I don't know who I want to do. What do other people want to hear? You don't want to do any of them. They're murderers, you sicko. Well, I mean. Just shut up. Just shut up, Caleb. Okay, guys. Um, I am talking about a very interesting case today that kind of blew me the fuck away. I had something completely different planned, and then I started going into this, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Why is this a thing at all? That's, I don't get it. That has happened to me more than once, where I like look into somebody, and I'm like, oh, wait, this person. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. And you're on, like, a totally different person. Today's case is regarding the murder of Mary Elaine, uh, uh, Mary Ellen Diener. And I, I, I don't know why I, I tried to say Eileen. I, like, read one of those L's as an I, even though I knew it was Mary Ellen. Um, <laughs> this was on November 14th of 1965. She was only 14 years old. She was a ninth grader and a student at John Simpson Junior High School in Mansfield, Ohio. And this case really hit me in a weird spot because it's like it's both solved and a cold case at the same time. And the reason being is because it's solved in the case in the, or in the sense that we know who murdered Mary Ellen. His name is Lester Eubanks. He was about 22 years old at the time of the murder. And the reason this case is still a cold case to this day is because we don't know where the fuck this guy is anymore. He has been on the lam for 47 years now. This man is 77 years old to this day. I read up um, just like a little bit on this case and there is still um, somebody, I forgot his name, but um, there's still somebody like legit working on this case. As much as it is a quote unquote cold case because they can't find the guy, people are still working on it and they're still trying to find justice for this 14 year old But we don't know if he's alive and that's part of the issue. Yeah, that's, 
Yeah, it sucks. We could be looking for someone who's already dead. Yeah. And it's fucking weird. But we'll get into all of that. This guy is uh, Lester Eubanks. And, you know, <laughs> it's fucking weird because we pretty much just lost this guy like I would lose a fucking beanie. <laughs> like, you just, we just, the, the justice system pretty much just had this guy, like, they were holding him in, his, in their jacket pocket and they just dropped him and they were like, oh, shit. Oh, I guess I can't go back and look for it. It's not worth the extra 20 minutes. So, you know, it's kind of like that in the sense that uh, you let your beanie go on an unsupervised trip while it was already (laughs) in confinement and where it should have been. It's really just a clusterfuck of what is wrong with you. We're going to discuss the day of the brutal and literally absolutely senseless murder. And then we're going to cover this fucking absurdity. That is the police force in 1970. Because I'm pissed. On the day of November 14th of 1965, Mary Ellen and her sister were sent to a laundromat near their house after a belt whacked out on the family washing machine. We all been there. So they were doing normal shit, just trying to do some laundry, but then, you know, they ran out of money. Or she realized she didn't have enough change. So Mary Ellen was like, okay, you know, it's fine. I'm just going to go run around the corner. I'll get some more change and I'll come back and we'll continue on. Mm -hmm. So her sister, this was 12-year-old Brenda Sue, she waited for some time for Mary Ellen to return. But after some time, Brenda knew that something was wrong. So she went across the street and her grandma was living there. And she told her that she couldn't find Mary Ellen. She was just gone. So the grandmother's like, all right, stay inside, lock the door. I'm going to go look for her. Assuming, thinking that it's just nothing. You know, she's probably just standing around somewhere, mm-hmm. hanging out. So she searched around for a little while. Unfortunately, she found a crowd of people beside a vacant house. She walks over to this vacant house, and they're all crowded around little Mary Ellen's dead body. Ugh. The news was brought back to the family, who were obviously incredibly confused. Like, how the fuck did this happen? She was gone for, like, five minutes. This makes no sense. It was baffling. And it seems what happened this day was that Lester watched in the laundromat, waited until he had a chance to strike, and then when Mary Ellen left the laundromat, he followed her, and he tried to rape her. So she actually fought back, and he dragged her behind the house, the vacant house, where she was found, and he shot her twice. Jesus. I found a few different articles that um, he just immediately grabbed a brick and then smashed her head in with it. But I found a few other articles that state that he actually went home, but then was like, you know, I don't know if she's completely dead. And when he went back, in this instance, if this is what happened, he went back and she was still breathing, asking for help, and that was when he grabbed the brick. And finish the job. Holy shit. That brick was actually a part of evidence for a long time, too. It was found, like, pretty much just right next to her body. It was very, like, kind of out in the open. It was toward nighttime, but still very just out in the open, right around yeah. the corner from a laundromat. Slept her behind a vacant house. It was determined that Mary Ellen was shot with a twenty-two caliber pistol, so authorities went around looking for someone that purchased a twenty-two caliber in the recent days, weeks, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they ended up getting a tip from a shop about a man that had recently purchased the same gun. That man was Lester Eubanks. And the only reason the name was even recognized by authorities is because four months earlier, Lester was arrested for the attempted rape of a woman inside of an empty diner. He was out on bail the day of Mary Ellen's murder. Holy fuck. Authorities also knew that when he was 16, Lester was in juvenile court for sexually assaulting a 12-year-old girl. Jesus. Obviously, all this evident have the police going, uh, yeah, we need to talk to this douchebag. Yeah. And also, why do we have so many cases... Of people just being out in the open after sexually assaulting people or attempting to or whatever. That Why? Like you have said before, sexual assault is literally a step down from murder. 
a fucking not even and maybe even on the same like plank that murder is yeah i ba- i battle with that all the time i'm like i don't know like i think i know a lot of people like to argue that just hands down murder is worse but i'm like i don't know man like they're that's pretty much that's a soul murder and I'm not trying to be, like, insensitive or anything, but, like, sexual abuse victims have to live with that their entire lives. So, is it really worse? Is it really? Like, I can understand how it's not, but for some people, is it really? I don't know. I've You'd have to be, it's situational. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, it's... It might be worse for some person, but it might not be worse for another. And I know that's a very bad topic, and some people will argue for that, and they'll get pissed, but... I don't know. Even Joe Rogan gets pissed about that. He's like, no, murder is worse. And I'm like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I get all the points that he makes and I get all the points for it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's fucking terrible. But I'm also like, I don't I don't know that I'm 100 percent on that. I it, I don't know either. Like, I would honestly say they're on the same plank because, you know, I've never been in that in either situation to say whether or not you've never been murdered. It's, no, never. Huh. So, I mean, I can't say, but they're both fucking heinous crimes that. It's just, it's just fucking sad. So they took Lester in the very next day, and you know what? He just confessed. His story was basically that he happened to run across Mary Ellen, and then he, this asshole said that she tried to attack him. And let's just, let's just put into this, this into perspective. Okay, what fourteen-year-old girl is gonna go and just attack a twenty-two-year-old man when she's looking for some nickels? Nope. Get the fuck over yourself. That is not what happened in the slightest. Nope, not at all. You're confessing, but you're still trying to, you're trying to say this girl attacked you. Really? What reason? What is the reason? That is a fucking coward. Like, beyond the sense. Like, that's fucking disgusting. I can't believe that. So what he told police in the confession was, I blocked the lick with my left hand. She started to scream. I put my hand over her mouth and I dug her and I drug her into the side of the yard of this red empty house. And if anyone doesn't know what a lick is, uh, it's pretty much a hit. Hit. Yeah. Yeah. So I tried to tell her to just wait a minute. He said, I don't want you. I'm not bothering you. But she kept trying to scream. I pulled my gun out with my right hand and I told her to be quiet. I pulled the trigger twice. I picked up the brick in the alley and I went back to where the girl was lying. I hit her on the head with it a few times to make sure she was dead. And I went home. And that's why I said that it kind of like goes differently because mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know if he did leave or not. But he, he did say that he just did it right then and there. But also he did say that she tried to attack him. So why am I going to believe this guy? Yeah. So apparently back in the 60s, uh, most police officers were told to purposely write in spelling errors in their reports. And this was because the lack of technology, i.e., you know, tape recorders and other gadgets, which would be very crucial in a confession. The reason that they told them to do spelling errors is that um, what this would do is that they would have to be corrected, and the confessor would have to write their initials next to their revised mistake in the report. Hmm. This would pretty much ensure that there is some type of physical evidence tying the confessor to their confession. It wasn't just, you know, he said that. Yeah. That's it. Because now confessions are recorded, you know, we have all of them, we can play them back. Yeah. Back then we didn't have that. So Lester's initials were all over this confession report. I believe it was 11 times. Holy fuck. Pretty much, he knows what he was signing off on. In court, Lester was said to basically be just, he was dead in the eyes. Like, he just looked like a guilty fucking asshole. He was found guilty in under 10 hours because the evidence was damning. And the brick that he used to crush Mary Ellen's head was actually used as evidence in court. So I can only guess that his response to the brick didn't impress the jurors, which, you know, the way this went out. Yeah. Turned out. Turned. Went. (laughs) Turned. On May 25th of 1966, Eubanks was sentenced to death. In 1972, Eubanks was three days away from being executed. 
and his death sentence was commuted to life in prison without the possibility of parole. The reason was because in 1972 in Ohio, the death penalty was declared unconstitutional. This fucking pisses me off so fucking bad. I will say that I get part of it because the way that deaths were being, um, that executions were being done in this time was terrible. I mean, electric chairs, like, uh, while I do think that some people, especially um, Eubanks, I I think he deserved the electric yeah. chair. But I do get that, you know, it was inhuman- it was inhumane and it had to be fixed and we didn't really have anything else at the time. So I get part of that. But I think it's very unfortunate um, how a lot of things turned out because of this. I just think that if you, especially back in this time, when that is all we had, yes, the electric chair is inhumane, but at the same time, do these people who truly, truly deserve the death penalty, do they deserve a humane way of death i don't know entirely but it is also a moral complex of our yes they deserve every shitty thing in the world but do we have to be the person that's also doing that because what does that say about us i mean we had a conversation off of air a little while ago about other situations that's like a morality thing and it's like it comes down to our own morality it's not about the other person at that point so i get both sides of it personally i don't mind the um the death sentence i think it is I think it's very flawed and I think it's hard to go around in general just because, I mean, even if you are putting someone to death, you don't know 100% always if that person is guilty. I think if you do know 100%, then yeah, they should be put to death. But there are also people that have been on death row and that have been executed unfairly. So it is a hard topic to to talk about. And then also after seeing, um, have you ever seen like the the videos of, you know, people getting electrocute on the electric chair and actually starting to bleed like full on mm-hmm. blood going down their helmet all down their face and like smoke coming out of their head and whatnot. Yep. That's not humane whatsoever. I will say like that that was a very flawed way of putting people to death and even, you know, like if we want to say that you know we're better than these people, we can't exactly do that. I feel like if you have sexually assaulted somebody and murdered them in cold blood and the evidence is completely there then yeah you deserve the fucking electric chair and you deserved your fucking eyes bleed out of your head you deserve all of that that's what i feel like but at the same time i feel while at the same time i agree with the death sentence and i agree with putting them through through torture as fucked up as it sounds i feel like you should like live out your days in suffering at the same time so i don't really know I don't really know where I stand on this. But that's the thing. With the dead sentence, you can't... I'm sorry to cut you off. But with the dead sentence, you can't really feel... It's one thing you can't have an opinion on unless you're 100% for it or against it. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if the evidence... Like, going back to the fucking toolbox murders that I fucking covered. Like, the evidence is fucking just there. It's 100% there. They deserve to die a lot sooner than they did. But then let's go back to the Memphis Three. A lot of people for a long time thought that the evidence was there and but it was the, damning and it was... The evidence wasn't. It wasn't there, but in the eyes of a lot of people, the evidence was there and that's where... That's very true. That's very true. It's all it's all circumstantial. And that's what I'm saying is if you have 100% complete evidence, then sure. We're not always 100% sure. We are relying on jurors, which are not always can't be relied on all the time they're very biased a lot of times that's very flawed and you're right the system is just too flawed to have a very even after all these years we can't have a full 
just 100% answer on that because that, like you said, it's circumstantial, but this is one of those things that can't be circumstantial, if that makes sense. This guy, uh, Eubanks, right? Oh, no, just the death penalty in general. This guy, uh, uh, okay, you want my opinion on this? I think he should uh, get a fucking guillotine. I hate this. He guy. should have fried. But yeah. <laughs> just just as the uh, just on the conversation of the death penalty, it's really hard to say how this should have been handled. Like I think everything. I don't think that the death penalty issue was the issue in this because he did get life and he did get no possibility of parole. That should have been his outcome. Everything else that happened after this is complete and utter bullshit. I agree. So this uh, decision that you know death sentence was declared uh, unconstitutional. This reduced 60 death sentences um, to of inmates to life in prison, and Lester was one of those 60. In Ohio, that is. Mm-hmm. Eubanks is in jail. He's no longer on death row. It's now 1973 when the warden of the prison that Eubanks was being held at lost his fucking mind. Like, this guy had a bag of marbles, and he threw them in the sewer. And you know, like, when you drop your skateboard in the sewer and you can't get it back? You're not getting those marbles back, dude. Your marbles... You lost your marbles, dude. On December 7th of 1973, the warden went, oh, hey, let's uh round up some prisoners that we think are, you know, pretty moderately decent. Maybe they can be murderers, doesn't matter. And let's drive them to the Great Southern Shopping Center, which uh basically was just a big mall. And he was like, let's leave them alone. And let's do it. Let's leave them alone unsupervised. Like the person that drops them off there, you just leave and you come back. And he thought this was a good idea. And there's some arguments that, like, you know, uh, that that guy was like, oh, he wants to see the good in people. And he's doing... Th- I Shut the fuck up. No. No, I... I Are you kidding me? If there... You can try to see the good in people. Maybe if it's, like, some dude in jail on a fucking weed charge. Yeah. Go for it. Whatever. I don't fucking care if that guy escapes. This dude killed a 14-year-old girl, you fucking idiot. This guy killed, not only killed the 14-year-old girl, but he was, like, a, sus- a suspect in, in the rape of her as well. Yeah, she was missing clothes. He tried to rape her. He tried to rape her, and he killed her because he didn't get what he wanted. Are you kidding me? There's no fucking fixing that. I just, I can't believe that they let this go- this man go unfucking supervised in a public fucking place. With ch- a mall. In a fucking you mall. You send him to a place filled with children that run away from their parents and go looking at stuff? Where there is millions of not only women, but underage girls. Are I don't you know about millions. I don't know how big this not, mall is, but yeah, yeah I'm going to take the I'm over-exaggerating. I'm over-exaggerating. I mean, like, hundreds. Where is this mall? This sounds like a party. Millions of people? I want to go to that mall. <laughs> Actually, I don't. That sounds very anxiety-filled. I don't want to be anywhere yeah, that has a million people. Yeah, that sounds terrible. I take that back 100%. I would never want to be there. <laughs> well, you don't want Eubanks here. Very but true. Eubanks and three other prisoners were just left at a mall about 30 minutes away, too. This mall was not close to the prison. It took them a while. It was, they were literally like, yeah, this mall was on the other side of the town. I, a, a few cops were like, they called in and they were like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what, what? literally, what are you doing? <laughs> Does this sound smart? No. No? <laughs> you fucking kidding me, dude? Oh, my God. So, like, back to what everyone else says, what did you think was going to happen? Like, how do you do this in general, but how do you let a child murderer go unsupervised to a mall? My opinion? It just makes me so fucking mad. My opinion this is- This was set up. It was set up. This was fucking set up, yep. dude. No, there is no doubt in my mind because, and we're going to get in more into this right now, this was not an accident. Nope. 
Nothing about this was an accident. I think I might do a part two on this um, next week or the week after, I mean, because next week's your week. Uh, because there's more to this case. There's literally more, and it's fucking baffling. So, honestly, like, yeah, I, my next note is I'm having a hard time believing that there isn't more to this. Because <laughs> it gets weirder. Pretty much how the rest of it played out was that the three prisoners showed up at the meeting point to go back to prison, but Lester did not. The pickup officers, or whatever you want to call them, the... Uh, the car van dick weasels uh they they were like oh yeah uh we waited for 20 minutes but he wasn't there so uh it was a walk-off and i went home they just went back to the prison they they waited for 20 minutes they didn't even say anything about looking for him they just said they waited for 20 minutes so you're telling me a prisoner gets out you don't call anyone you don't say hey let's get a fucking um apb out and Let's. I don't know if an APB was a thing at this time. I can't remember when that came around. <laughs> Actually, I remember researching before when it came around, but I can't remember the year. Um, but whatever. Call someone. Call them on your butt fuck like wall radio phone. I don't care. Get to s- drive back and say let's look for him. Do anything. The thing is, is like, did he did he hide out into the mall until after it closed to escape? Or did he just... No. He had outside no. people there waiting for him. Yes. Yes. He did. 100%. Okay. He he had friends waiting for him and just helped him escape. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get into that because that's 100% what Jesus happened. Jesus fuck. So no one searched for him. They didn't, alert, they didn't alert Highway Patrol for two hours. A guy escaped prison, a child murderer, and you don't tell anyone for two hours? The only people that cared after this got out were the people back home who were actually involved in the case and were related to this. The cops, the family, and everyone else, they were like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? And some people speculated that uh, they probably didn't say anything for so long because they didn't want the news public. Just some dumb embarrassment shit. Like, yeah, of course, if this happened, you should be embarrassed. But go fucking fix it because you're going to be more embarrassed when he's gone. Yep. The most annoying part is that they got zero leads from this. But it's like, another thing, you know what? Of course. Of course you got no leads. And this is another thing that makes me think, of course this was planned. It's so easy to just act like, oh my god, we're so embarrassed by this mistake. Oh, we're going to take the blame. This is so bad. To make it seem like some fluke fucking accident. To wait hours not to report something like this. Of course there's going to be no leads. It's a mall. This was obviously planned because not only did they bring him out in public and just leave him somewhere, they brought him to a mall. And think about it, when you're shopping at the mall, no one is at the mall Except for people that are there for one, two, three hours max if you're getting some food. Mm-hmm. Like, you're there to shop, and then you leave. So if they leave you unsupervised for a couple hours, it takes 30 minutes to get there, 30 minutes to go back. That's at least, like, four hours. Every single person that is left by the time that he is back, they're gone. You don't have witnesses anymore because you can't find the witnesses. You can't do anything. No one knows. And if he's in a mall, he can literally just walk by. No one's going to notice him because not only are these people leaving in a short amount of time, they're there to shop, so no one's paying attention to anyone else. And the only people that are there for long enough are the people that are working there. And you know what they're doing? They're working. They're paying attention to other assholes at the mall. You just blew my fucking mind, dude. This This is all planned. This is all planned. This dude literally fucking escaped under everybody's fucking nose dude like but no this that's was the perfectly thing it's not planned. no he did he did not escape under everyone's nose he escaped under everyone's nose who did not know about this because that's the what only i'm saying way he could have accomplished this is that he knew someone in there or someone else knew someone inside of the prison they got him out either through the guards or through the warden because we're gonna get i think i have this written down later so i'll probably have to skip over it but 
there are some people that pretty much said, like, yeah, the year before this, in 1972, when he found out that he was going to get life in prison and not death row, and he wasn't going to get executed, he was not a model prisoner. That never happened, like, because the whole thing was that he was good behavior and whatnot, mm -hmm. and he got put onto this list so that he can go do this. But someone who knew him, like, one of the officers that worked closely on this case was like, yeah, no, I followed this. He got, like, multiple write-ups for being a shithead. No. So there's no way, and there's no way you can bounce from that to being a model prisoner in that short of a time frame. That doesn't happen. No, yeah, that's what I meant by under everybody's nose. Like, everybody at the malls knows. Oh, yeah, 100%. It, because it's it's scheduled. That's the perfect place to go. That is the perfect place exactly. to do this. Because I, I have no doubt in my fucking mind that the guards that were there to take him to the mall that fucking day... And the fact that he just Because why got, would you leave? The fact that a child... Why wouldn't they stay? The fact that a child per... Oh. A child fucking murderer got permission to go shopping at a mall says a lot. It says... And I don't even care. even if you were going to let him go anywhere, why would you let him go to a mall of all Unsupervised. places? Unsupervised. let him see somewhere else. Unsupervised of all fucking things, dude. Like... Literally, everybody at the mall had no idea who he fucking was, so the guards were totally in on it. Like, why did you leave? Why did you not keep track of this murder? And I've been to the hospital when prisoners have to come to the hospital. Like, I've literally been... They're in handcuffs, they're in, and there's a guard close they're by. They're in handcuffs, and there's literally a fucking police officer, like, right there watching them. So, in order for this to fucking happen, I don't care if it was, like, 30, 40 fucking years ago... You do not let your fucking sights off of that person. You don't. So I am I'm 100% sure that the guards were in on this shit. It was even said that Lester had repeated visitors before his visiting time or before his uh, departure time for whatever this is. Because, you know, if you think about it, if this if something like this was happening, he shouldn't know about it. Because even if it was going to happen, you shouldn't be able to plan ahead for mm -hmm. this. So he even requested for extra visiting time. And he didn't get that many visitors before this. So the fact that he started getting a bunch and he had to go through and ask for extra time right before this was happening speaks numbers. And the extra visiting time was approved. <sighs> it wasn't just that he asked for the extra time. He got it. He was able to talk to people even more than other people are allowed to. Over the years, Lester has actually had some wacky moments of nearly getting caught but he always passed by just at the right time. Like, the, one of the first things that happened is that when he was on the bus and he was leaving the mall, because he totally, like, met up with someone and then maybe got yeah. some money or something and then hopped on a bus so they weren't together. I'm assuming that's how it happened. He was on this bus, and he passed by, and there's a bunch of cops, like, sitting out, like, kind of lined around. And apparently, he thought he was fucked. Those were agriculture people. So they were looking for just, like, you know, the people that stand at, like, the edge of states and stuff yeah. to check to see that you're not, like, bringing fruits over and whatnot. Mm -hmm. That's who it was. So he was good. And uh, they kind of speculate that this gave him the balls after that to kind of be like, oh, you know, I'm good. I just smile my way through things and I move on. Because I don't think he knew that those were, like, that that's who they yeah. were. I think he thought they were actual police officers. And he just got away with it. And this fueled him for the next 47 years. I was going to say that shit fed his ego. There have been many scattered tips over the last 47 years. It seems that Lester traveled from Michigan, then Los Angeles, or, or then over to Los Angeles, and that he used the alias Victor Young. In the 1990s, the case started to draw some attention again after being ignored for decades. In 1994, America's Most Wanted covered the story on their TV show, and they received about 200 call-ins regarding Eubanks. And he was basically determined to be in Northern California due to the high number of tips. Everyone was like, yeah, I've seen this guy, or I've hung out with this guy, like, he's around here. 
and they received other tips um, that the state he may have been in either then or at another time were Florida, Georgia, Alabama, or back to Ohio. But it's really speculated that he probably never went back to Ohio. Yeah. Unfortunately, nothing had a specific time or a place. It was just like, you know, this happened around maybe a couple years ago or this. They didn't have, like, he's here now. 45 years later, in 2018, Eubanks is finally put into the FBI's 15 most wanted list. Because for about 20 years, like, that whole time, like, it's, they did nothing. They didn't look for him. They didn't... It, it's even uh, crazier because he wasn't even on, um, like, a wanted list. So say if he got pulled over... And they ran his name, and he gave him his real name. He was like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm Lester Eubanks. And they ran it. He would have never came up yeah. for anything. He would have been a free man. They would have been like, Nothing would have came up, and they would have let him go because he didn't have a record. They never put in the effort to write anything down. That's insane. 45 years later, he's finally on the, FBI, on the FBI's most wanted list. This is when he was 75 years old. He is 77 now. We don't know if this guy is still alive. If he is, I hope that he's starting to get more publicity now, and that's why I'm doing this too. I've noticed there's not many podcast episodes on this, so I do think the word needs to get out, but I really don't know if this guy's going to be caught, and I think I do want to do a part two of this because I do have more information, even just stuff that's rolling around in my head right now that I want to talk about, but I think if I get into it, I have to talk about other stuff. I think there's going to be a part two. Well, let me read some of this off because I have a bunch of shit to read off um, if you do think there's any connection whatsoever, if you know someone. Yeah. Um, I do want to cite this information that I'm going to read in a second. Um, comes directly from an ABC article tied to the podcast, Have You Seen This Man? So this is from Natalie Ram, who is a University of Maryland law professor who is a leading expert on the um, laws surrounding DNA and data. DNA, data, and privacy. Fuck. She says, familial, familial searches are a touchy subject. Familial is such a weird word. The federal government has a policy in place that they do not permit familial searches. Ram said that the policy is intended to prevent law enforcement from overstepping during an investigation and violating the rights or privacy of someone who is merely related to a criminal suspect, but not under any suspicion themselves. She said that the goal is to avoid seeing innocent people coerced into providing DNA that could be held and used over time in future investigations. And in the Eubanks case, the man who provided DNA had actually asked AB News not to identify him, and he believes that his late mother was raped by Eubanks. He told ABC News that he wants to see the marshals find Eubanks and bring him to justice. Some legal experts believe that this case could open the door for the FBI to make a rare exception to to the policy that prohibits searches using the familial DNA. And this was all taken from the November 19th article of, tw- of 2020. This was written by uh, Matthew Mosk and Alex Hosenball. And yeah, that's a ridiculous name. Um, <laughs> but they all seem very smart and they're very informative. Um, DNA holds promise in finding fugitive Lester Eubanks, but FBI rules privacy questions blossom. That's the name of the article. It's a very weird title. It almost sounds like a statement. I don't I don't think it was written out right, but it's fun. <laughs> Holy shit, that's fucking crazy, dude. And that's something that I would talk a lo- about a little more right now. I didn't know if I was going to do a part two. I thought I was going to end it there. But you know what? Uh, I want to do more about this. So not next week because next week's Bree's mm-hmm. case, but the week after this. Or, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll talk to Bree and we'll figure it out. Maybe I'll, like, do this next week or something so you guys aren't waiting. But I don't know. I'm not going to promise that. We'll see. I mean, so, I mean, yeah, if you want what? to. If you want to do it next week. And I'm not saying I want to. I'm decide, I'll decide later. So on January 29th of this year in 2020, if you guys are listening later, an episode of In Pursuit with John Walsh aired with Lester Eubanks as the point of discussion. 
photos and a video showing viewers the age progression of Eubanks. So you can actually find pictures of him, and I will post some pictures of like what he might look like now. This show is encouraging any viewers with any information on Lester Eubanks' whereabouts to text or call their call center at one eight three 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 pursue or submit online at their dedicated hub at inpursuittips.com. And there are a few other sources of submitting information that I found specifically toward this case. And um, anyone with information is urged to contact the nearest U.S. Marshal's Office or the U.S. Marshal Service Communications Center at 1-800-336-0102. And another one I have is that the U.S. Marshals have offered up to a $25,000 reward for information directly leading to Ubik's arrest. So if you want a little bit of money and you didn't want to do it before, uh, you know, uh, I guess fuck morals. But, you know, go get your money, I guess, as long as you lead us to an answer <laughs> for Jesus. that one call one eight six six four wanted if you have any information on lester eubanks whereabouts and that's pretty much all i have for today Ooh, that was a good one dude i i happily feel like this guy is already dead i do too but there's also some information in the past like five seven ish years i think about even the past couple years that he may still be alive. Um, his father, I'm going to get more into this later, but since we are talking about that right now, I will say his father did die, and this was, I think, uh, 2012, 2013-ish, if I remember that right. his father I could be died. a little wrong. Yes, that his father died. And his father was actually a big person of interest in this case. He might have been helping him. We'll talk about that later. But um, his father actually wrote on his obituary that he is survived by his family members, and he listed some family members, and he wrote Lester parts unknown so at the time of his death lester was definitely alive and he was definitely known to be in contact with him and to like always defend him and be kind of aggro when it came to the topic of i mean it's it's very possible that he's still alive and like he was at least alive in the last eight in the last eight years but anything can happen in eight years and now there's a coronavirus too i mean like today's day and age it's very possible that if he wasn't dead even a year ago who knows? Maybe he got the virus and he wasn't in good health and he died. Yeah, I mean, we know a lot of people aren't dying from this, but I mean, people in bad health are and people of age and he fits that criteria possibly. Quite possibly. Not even that. My dad was, what, 57, did not die of coronavirus, but he died in 2020. So, I mean, like, it's you never know. You never know. Anything could fucking happen. Just thinking that this guy lasted for a while and he was still actively conscious of the fact that he was out running the law and he was still doing it up to the age kind of makes me feel like he might still be alive i mean i don't know i really don't know but i do think that it will not hurt anyone to submit that dna and i know some people feel a little weird about it if you don't want to that's fine too but i do really think it's for the greater good and if you think there is any possibility you should do it there are many cases that have been solved from random people submitting dna i feel like yeah that that might be a good idea for the greater good. For the greater good. Horse soup is actually inspiring people for once. <laughs> for once. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> go fuck yourselves, you fucking assholes. <laughs> Pieces of shit. You got a couple seconds of it, but now if yeah, if you're not doing it's it, over. fuck off. It's over. It's fucking done. Fuck off. I'm done. Done with you assholes that don't want to help dicks. So if you guys like this episode, like I said, tell a friend. Um, check out our website at horrorsoupsucks.com. Um, I'm gonna give this movie a mushroom soup because this was shit. <laughs> I don't want to watch this one again. Uh, leave a five star rating and review on iTunes and send us an email at horrorsoupyahoo.com with the title review sticker, and I'll send you a bunch of horror soup stickers and probably other stuff. I don't the know. stickers are super cool. Donate at patreon.com/slash horrorsoup. Them, they're beautiful. 
I forgot to thank a patron at the beginning of this. Guess we'll do it next episode. Um, follow us on social medias. Instagram at Horror Soup. YouTube at Horror Soup. Facebook at Horror Soup. And actually, uh, Facebook is at Horror Soup, a horror movie and true crime podcast. And you know what? I should start plugging the Twitter again. It's officially. It's officially. <laughs> not my Twitter. Separate from Caleb's personal Twitter. It's Horror Soup It's sucks. only been a year. <laughs> Only been a year. Horror soup sucks. Go to that. You'll actually find <laughs> horror soup updates, and then maybe I'll uh, sometimes I'll retweet my stuff just to give you some flair. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>